Good morning. My name is Rob, and I was here exactly a year ago, and uh, I was asked to come back this year, and so I took that as a good sign uh, after, after the last year's message. I am the Director of Alumni and Church Relations, uh, and I assist with the Doctor of Ministry program, and I do whatever Kevin tells me to do. And uh, I love serving at Tyndale. I've been here just a year and a bit. And uh, I love being in a university environment. I, I have done a lot of university uh, education myself. And, and so I love to be around students. And university students are amazing. Here are some recent answers on uh, tests. Name the four seasons. Salt, mustard, pepper, and vinegar. Uh, what do you call the inhabitants of Moscow? Mosquitoes. These are supposed to be real answers. Explain one of the process by which water can be made safe to drink. Flirtation. I think that was a, just a misspelling. But <clears throat> we're blessed to work at a university. It's unique. I, I come here after 13 years serving in uh, East Africa, and that's a very different vibe working on the mission field. Um, but a university is rich, it's full of people, it's full of new students every year. We're thankful for the students who have been here and have changed our lives, and we look forward to next year and who the Lord brings to us. Today I want to speak to you about how to enjoy the people you work with. Now I realize we're not all just people who work here, um, but that's the, you can make the, the sermon anything you want. Uh, just take the principles and apply them to your life. Um, so It's sort of a self-serve sermon. So take the principles and, and apply them. Okay, but we need to start on the same page. Number one, first, God loves us and goes before us and puts us where we are, according to Deuteronomy 31.8. Can we agree that we are here today because this is part of God's plan for us? Yes? Are we okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not that everybody's really sure about that, but that's okay. Uh, I believe that God has brought me to Tyndale for a purpose and a reason and, and you're part of that. Secondly, Galatians 6.2, we're called to carry each other's burdens. Yes? We're here to, to carry each other's burdens. We can agree. 1 Peter 4.8, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. We are to love one another, one another earnestly. Yes? We're, uh, we are to love one another, to care for one another, because God has brought us here. Yes? Yes. So how do we do it? If, if we believe it, how do we do it? If this is not just about me accepting a job offer, but actually about what God is doing in Tyndale, and my job is to invest in you, and to invest in you. I love the book of Philippians. It tells us more about Paul than any other book. Um, it's not a happy place. Philippi is not a happy place for Paul. Um, but it's one of the most positive books, Joy. Rejoice, be glad, mentioned 17 times in the book. Um, and Paul starts off talking right about relationships. Paul, I think, was a very relational man. Um, I find in my life that if relationships are strained, life is difficult. I've been married 25 years. If I'm not right with my wife, you can probably tell. Um, if I have problems with people, it kills the joy in my life. Are you that way? Are you sensitive to relationships? Some people are more sensitive. I'm sort of a snag, a sensitive new age guy. And um, 
So I'm sensitive to relationships, and I like to be on the level with, with the people that I know and I love, you know? Um, so how do you enjoy the people that you work with? God has brought us from all over the world to, um, to work together. I showed up at my, my office over on the third floor over there, and there was Joyce Munga, this wonderful uh, co-worker. And, and obviously my job is to care for her, to support her, and to, uh, to be a blessing to her while the snow falls in April. Um, and I've got to learn to do that and to do that well. Uh, I was reading a web article by Richard Branson. You know Richard Branson? Uh, Virgin Radio, Virgin Airline, Virgin Telephones, Mega Virgin. Isn't it Virgin, Virgin Mega Stores? He's everything Virgin. And, uh, and I love him. Big floppy hair, big smile. I'd love to meet him. And he's a billionaire. <laughs> I wanted to meet him because of his hair. So um, he said that the number one characteristic of a successful leader, and he has been a successful leader, is that you enjoy other people. Do you enjoy the people that you're working with? Do you enjoy this family that, that Christ has brought to Tyndale? Sometimes we have trouble enjoying the people around us. We don't enjoy them all the time. Sometimes we tolerate them. Here is an example. I'm lining up in the muffin shop to get a muffin, and a young man turns to me and says, excuse me, sir, and that just bugs me because, like, my dad is sir, right, or grandpa is sir, but I am not sir. You know, I'm young still. Yes, yes. I am young still, compared to our president anyway. I'm very young. So, um, so the, a young man turns to me and says, sir. And I say, yes. He goes, excuse me, do you know where the bookstore is? It's like, bookstore muffin shop, bookstore muffin shop. Okay, and here's my opportunity to either be tolerant or to be kind. The tolerant response is, how many degrees in a circle? 360. How many is half of that? 180. Okay, Billy, do a 180, open your eyes, and there's the bookstore. You know, and that's when you roll your eyes, the, the tolerant roll of the eyes, the, you know that, the roll of the eyes? You don't do that, I'm sure. That's just me and my sinful nature. <laughs> response number two is not the tolerant, but the kind response. Excuse me, sir, can you tell me where the bookstore is? Well, you're not far. <laughs> What's your name? Okay, your name is Bill. Tell you what, if we turn around, you are going to see the door that leads to the best bookstore on campus. And just to the left, you're going to see the best bookstore manager. Misa will probably be there, and she'll help you. If you look to the left, you'll see the the books for your classes. If you look to the right, you'll see other books. Let me show you. You notice the difference between tolerance and and love there. Um, And I really want to be able to love our students and to love the people I work with, not tolerate. Did you notice there was no I action at the end of the second one? And we often say a lot by how we act, not just what we say. And the students, they see it. We got students here today? Do you see it? Do you know that I love you? (laughs) You know, one, you can tell that our president loves you because he walks around the halls and he... He cares for you, and he talks, and, and you know, I, I appreciate the kind of president we have now. And he did not pay me to say that. You know, you, you can tell when someone cares for you because they'll stop and talk. 
So four keys to really loving the people that you work with. First is to be grateful for them. Philippians um, 1.3, I thank my God every time I think of you. I thank God. Paul said, I like to remember the good things about people. Now, he was in Philippi at the time. What happened in Philippi? Uh, it tells us that in Philippi, he was, ready, arrested illegally, whipped, humiliated, thrown in prison, and survived an earthquake. Not a good time in Philippi. But when he thinks of Philippi, does he say, when I think of you in Philippi, I remember how much I hate that place. No. No. He thinks about the people that he loves and the people that have had an impact on him. He chooses not to think about the painful things, the painful events, but to focus on the people and to be grateful for the people that he loves. The truth is that we've all been hurt. We've had parents, we've had friends, we've had, been in situations or even been with coworkers who have hurt us. And some of us are holding on to those hurts. And as a result, you can't enjoy them. Can you imagine coming to work every day and being with someone that you can't enjoy? Now it's... I am not easy to, you can ask Joyce later, I am not easy to work with. But I don't know how she does it. It's, it's a Jesus thing. But she cares for me, and, and we, uh, we enjoy our work together. And then, and then Kevin came, and Thule came. Our department is a hoot. We're, we're hidden away on the third floor over there. Come on up sometime. Kevin has chocolate. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a good place to work with people that we love. Have we had difficulties? Well, sure, there's things that happen. I lost a dear, uh, a dear friend a few weeks ago, uh, February the 15th. A little 16-year-old girl um, died of cancer. So, you know, when my team supported me and prayed with me and, and, you know, and let me cry in my office and, you know, just really cared for me. I'm grateful for good people. I have hurts and you have hurts and we don't deny them, but we focus on, on being grateful for one another and on the good things. Uh, verse 5 says, you have helped me from the very first day until now. I remember beginning, I'm still new enough at Tyndale, I remember my first days, I had just suffered a heart attack. Stupid. <clears throat> Crazy. Just suffered a heart attack and I was still a little woozy. They'd, done, they'd put a new piece in my left anterior descending. So I, I'm like Superman. And, um, and so, but no one, there was, everyone was thinking, is he going to die now? You know, it's like, should I carry that for him? So they were helping me with my books and my boxes and stuff. All I had to do was go, ooh, and, uh, <laughs> whoa, let me, let me help you with that, <laughs> sir. Um, <clears throat> but they were so nice. Phil, I don't know if Phil's here today. He answered so many questions about aqueduct. I mean, he took me through the whole filter and the funnel. Tina Marie answered a million questions. Sharon was there when I popped into her office, like, which office is where, and where do I go, and who is this? Joyce was always helping me with everything. Lena, Charlene, Andy, Ryan, the list goes on. What a... Even Dr. Nelson gave me a phone call and made sure that I felt comfortable in my new home. You know, and since then, the journey's been great. It's been a year and a bit since I started, and, uh, and you've helped me from the very first day until now. It's been a wild year. I preached a year ago. Between then and now, we've had some fun. Uh, one of the fun things starts with the George W., the, the non-event. And, uh, <clears throat> and then to hear that we're getting to school even earlier than we thought. So, uh, you know, we're, I'm praying. I'm praying for, for you, and I'm enjoying this journey. Who knows what the Lord has, but I'm going to enjoy it because I've got you to enjoy it with. It's been a good year, and I'm grateful for you. 
and let's live in gratefulness for one another. Secondly, positive praying. Paul calls us to pray positively for each other. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy. With all my prayers, I pray with joy. So I'm used to being in a, my church is, is half Jamaican, so they know how to answer those sort of things. They, they, they shout it out. They shout it out. They also let me know when I make mistakes. It's wonderful. Um, how would you like to have the Apostle Paul praying for you? Well, Scripture tells us that Christ is praying for us even now. But I'm always encouraged when I know, you know, that, that my mom is praying for me. My dad loves me. People are praying for me. The quickest way to change a relationship from bad to good or a good one to better is to pray for the other person. Prayer does two things. It changes you and it changes them. You leave changing them up to God and you, and you trust that the Spirit works within you. Positive praying is much more powerful than positive thinking. People may resist our advice or they may reject our counsel, but they are powerless against our prayers. So are you praying for the people you work with? Are you praying for the people you work with? Dr. Bramer is running a doctoral program that, that is huge. And every year, more students come. Ridiculous. There you go. And, and, and it was enough work the first year. But then they keep adding these students. We need to be praying for our profs and administrators and our president and, and his administrator in particular. <laughs> Amen? There you go. <clears throat> Paul spells out specifically that he's praying for people, and he prayed for them, and Sharon read it beautifully. He prayed this prayer, and this is really my prayer for you. And I'm just going to read the same words. Actually, I thought I should just come up here and read the scripture and go back down, and that would be my sermon because it would have been so much better, just, just the words of scripture. But this is my prayer for you. So this is my prayer, uh, starting with verse 9, that your love would flourish and that you would not only love much, but that you'd love well, that you'd love appropriately you learn to use your head and test your feelings that your love is sincere and intelligent not sentimental gush live a lover's life circumspect exemplary a life jesus would be proud of bountiful in fruits from the soul are you bountiful in fruits from your soul are you a smorgasbord of fruit a, a walking smorgasbord of, of fruit to the people around you that people want to be around you because there's a lot of you out there that I really like to be with. You know? You are a smorgasbord of fruit to me. <clears throat> Live a lover's life. Bountiful in fruits for the soul. Making Christ attractive to all. Making Christ attractive to all. Getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. That's a great prayer, isn't it? And that's my prayer for you. Uh, thirdly, God is not finished with people, and I'm thankful for that. We need to be patient with one another. God is not finished with me yet. Paul says, I'm not the man I used to be, and I thank God for that. But I also thank God that I'm not the man I am going to be. I am not the person that I'm going to be, and neither are you. <clears throat> I'm growing, and I'm changing. I've been married 25 years this year to my beloved Sarah. And I've learned that if you want to enjoy your marriage, you've got to love each other where you are. There, things will change. Things will change, and you will grow. And, um, but if you have expectations of perfection on your spouse or on your children or on your coworkers, it's just not going to work. We're not perfect. Anyone perfect here, please? Because I just want to follow you around and learn how to do it right. 
None of us are perfect. We need to pray for one another, to care for one another, and to have our expectations of excellence, to make each other better, but to give each other room to grow. Amen? And and I need that from you. I am not perfect. Um, I seek excellence. I seek to be a good friend. But there are times this year that I've said or have done things that, you know, it's just, Rob, golly, that guy, you know. Um, he, he can do better, and he will. I will with God's help. John 1.12 says, To those whom God has given the power to become the children of God. He has given us the power to become the children of God. I am becoming. I'm not there yet. Yes, I'm a, I'm, I'm a son of the king, but I'm still becoming. I, I'm kind of rough. One of those, those diamonds in the rough. But I, I'm, I'm growing, and, and I trust with God's help that I will be the man that he wants me to be and that you will be the man and the woman that he wants you to be. And my job is to help you to be that, and I'll do my best. Do we have hope for one another? Paul believed in God's power to change people. He believes that no one was hopeless. He never gave up on people, and, uh, and that's my claim for you as my co-workers, that I will not give up on you. God is not finished with us yet. Amen? Lastly, we need to love each other from the heart. I've discovered that if people are not on my heart, they are on my nerves. I have two boys, uh, Auntie and Joseph, uh, 17 and 15, and if they are not on my heart, they are on my nerves. They are beautiful, and they are uh, beautiful. My beloved wife, 25 years, if I'm not praying for her and caring for her and seeing her with the eyes of Christ, she can get on my nerves. And most of you know Sarah. She's near perfect. Heart love begins with understanding and knowing why people feel the way they feel. Why does this person that you work with at work, why are they acting this way? What's wrong with him? Why is he saying those selfish things or those foolish things? Maybe, maybe... Maybe he's got some issues, and we can help. Maybe he's a lot better than he was 10 years ago. Let me encourage you to to listen to one another, to hear the hurts, to know how to help, to look for the issues, you know, just as a friend, and see how you can support one another, and then to figure out and understand what makes your coworkers tick, and then seek to be Christ to them, understanding them. You can't love someone you don't understand. It's hard. Understanding them uh, is, is, is hard, too. It takes work. But you need to understand people and their moods, and, and you need to be close to them and listen and walk the journey of life and service of pain and joy together. If you care for them and if you follow in the ways of Christ, you need to be aware. Uh, verse 8, I love verse 8. God can testify how lo- I long for you with all the affection of Jesus Christ. Now, the word affection is a very cool Greek word. And I did go to seminary, and I signed a contract. I've used one Greek word in every sermon. Um, uh, this one's a good one. Splagchan. you got to gargle. Splagchan. That's the word affection. And that's where it says, I long for you with, for the affection of Jesus Christ. It means inner parts. It can be translated heart, liver, lungs, or affection. I long for you with all, Dave Roberts, I long for you with all my liver. 
I just want you to know that. that forget this heart thing. I'm much deeper. My love for you goes way beyond the heart down to the liver. And if I follow the words of the King James, bowels. Yeah, it's bowels. <laughs> yeah. I love you. Try that one on your girlfriend, single guys. I love you with my bowels. <laughs> Terrible. Forgive me. Is this being taped? <laughs> it's a funny word. It's a deep thing. Paul is saying, I've got a gut feeling of love for you. Deep. Now, in English, we go, I love you with my heart, and that sounds normal because we have the little red heart and stuff. But to, to be honest, have you ever seen a heart? You know? It's kind of yucky. But it's not the heart. It's the, they're saying, I love you deeply. The seat of the emotions in, in Greek understanding was the internal, the, the internal organs, the inside your body. And there's something about this depth of love that we need for one another and for the people that we work with. It's an intense love that makes me love even the unlovable. It's not a natural love. It's a supernatural love that resides deep within, that God controls and I don't. Human love wears out. Human love dries up. God's love is unending. The only kind of love that lasts and lasts in spite of heartache and difficulty and tough circumstances is that love, that splachan, that affection of Christ, deep love, internal love, liver love. May we develop a liver love for one another. Life's too short not to enjoy the people in our lives. If you enjoy the people in your life that God has placed around you, you will be on a journey of love, life, and exceeding great joy. So may we be grateful for one another. May we commit to pray for one another. Let us be patient with one another. I guess these really commit to the mission teams. Where are our mission, mission team folks? I, I, think, I think I wrote this sermon for you, and I, I didn't even know you were going to be here. Grateful, pray, patience, and lastly, love each other with a liver love. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for the people you've put in our lives. Forgive us for taking people for granted. Help us to appreciate those that we live with, that we serve with, and that we grow with. Father, we pray for one another's children. We pray for our spouses, our families, our moms and dads. Father, help us to love and to flourish. Help us not only to love much, but to love well. Father, help us to love appropriately. Help us to use our head and to test our feelings so that our love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus would be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. Amen.